KBLA Talk 1580, taking you all the way back to LA. I'm so pleased to introduce the supervisor for the second uh, district here in LA County. Uh, she serves on the board of supervisors. She's also the daughter of parents who were public servants, a third generation Angelino. Now that's a rare thing. Uh, so she understands this community and the vital safety net LA County provides to millions of families. She's committed to ensuring that all the residents can thrive. She was elected to the Board of Supervisors in 2020, and she's made poverty alleviation a countywide priority um, and anchored a, a recovery plan, an equitable one, from the crisis, both health and economic, caused by COVID-19. Uh, Supervisor Holly J. Mitchell, good morning. Good morning, Dominique. I hope you're well. I sure am, and I'm, I, I uh, hope you are as well. I got a head cold, but I'm going to keep on fighting. Oh, my. Oh, my. You got a head cold, but you still <laughs> going to work today because you have an important motion uh, on the agenda. Um, and, you, you know, you started off with our health, so we might as well go right there. I mean, we talk about um, Martin Luther King Community Health Center. Uh, a lot of folks don't have you know, the access or the insurance or the coverage or even the means to get to, uh, to the health care that they need. And, and Martin Luther King Community Health Center makes a dent, a huge dent in that problem, doesn't it? It really does. You know, and I'm so proud of the work that they're doing really on that entire campus, but particularly MLK, you know, Community Hospital has really kept, I think, Dr. King's dream alive. Um, because it continues to stand in the gap for far too many of our family, friends, and neighbors who live in health deserts and really don't have access, appropriate access to preventive health care or emergency health services. And that hospital um, is performing top of class. It's beautiful, too. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a nice facility. And, uh, of course, I was proud to see in the movie Birth and Justice how, you know, MLK uh, Community Health Center is leading uh, the nation in best practices for black women's maternal health outcomes. Uh, I, like you, could not have been more proud. Our California Attorney General ranked the hospital among the top-scoring public and private hospitals in the county for its compliance was something called the California Dignity in Pregnancy Childbirth Act, which I actually authored when I was a member of the California State Legislature. And that addresses really the implicit bias in black maternal uh, and infant health care. And, and Martin Luther King is top of class. Yeah. So tell me what you're doing today. I know I was uh, I was talking about it yesterday, urging people to come out to the meeting if they can't come out to get on the phone and, and, and comment in support of, of what you're doing. But give us the details um, and why this is needed right now. So I'm sure many of your uh, listeners, Dominique, will remember that Martin Luther King Hospital closed. And Mark Ridley Thomas and the Board of Supervisors at that time worked diligently in trying to come up with a model that would allow that institution to reopen because the residents of that community needed it. And so it's county land. It's a one-of-a-kind in the nation kind of public-private partnership. And so it's a unique hospital in terms of how it's financed. You know, there's good and bad in it. The good is we were able to reopen it, and they're providing stellar care. 
Unfortunately, the hospital was designed to serve 25000 a year in their emergency room. They are doing so well. People are flooding their doors. And so last year they served 100000 Wow. So what we have to do is really update the way we are financing the hospital. It's, it's kind of policy wonky, Dominique. But what we're doing today is really making sure that the county is stepping up and providing them with some one-time dollars to make sure they can keep their doors open. The hospital is saying, based on their current funding structure, that they would run out of money basically by December of 2024. And I'm not going to let that happen, Dominic. We can't collectively let that happen. So the actions today at the county is the county is going to step up. We're going to we're looking to the federal government and the state government to say, hey, lock arms with us and keep this hospital open. Again, it's on county land. Um, it's a public-private partnership. But if that hospital closes, it would fall on government to make sure that we are meeting the needs of those residents. So it's in our everybody's best interest to keep that hospital operating as is. Yeah, that's right. And we have enough folks already, you know, um, on the streets or on the verge of being on the streets who are not accessing any health care at all and get into that spiral of not being able to reenter, uh, you know, the working world and in the mainstream of society. Exactly. And, and, you know, the good news is the hospital is producing top quality services. It's gotten awards. You know, there's, a, the, there's a federal kind of ranking that kind of gives, you know, hospitals, you know, grades, quite frankly. And the hospital is doing better than most private hospitals ar- across L.A. County. So it is an amazing asset. Uh, I am so blessed to represent them. And again, the actions we're taking today will put some uh, Measure B dollars. Measure B is a measure that the voters passed many years ago to help us make sure that we maintain important critical health care services in the county. So we're going to take some Measure B dollars. We're going to give them extra time to pay off a loan they took from the county. Just a few, you know, um, um, financial supports to keep them operating while we still work in the federal and state government to come in and help us. Mm. So um, when you say they might not make it past December 2024 without these dollars, you also said it was a one-time allocation or a one-time adjustment to the loan payment and, and the wonky stuff you referenced. Um, <laughs> does that mean we could be facing this again? Or do you think there are other, you know, because I know this is a hospital that treats a lot of people that don't have insurance and don't have money. So um, it's, you know, can we create a sustainable model, I guess is the question. That's a great question. And really therein lies the problem. Many hospitals balance their books on caring for medically indigent people with no insurance, Medi-Cal recipients and private pay. Well, frankly, Martin Luther King Community Hospital doesn't get private pay uh, um, um, patients. And so they are uh, doing God's work, if you will, by providing care to the medically indigent. And Medi-Cal, while it's an important benefit, and I fought my entire elected career to support, to make sure we expand access to who can get Medi-Cal, the Medi-Cal reimbursement rates are very, very low. Yeah. That's another area that hopefully my partners at the state government and our federal government will understand. If we want providers in underserved communities, to serve Medi-Cal patients, we have to reimburse them at a rate that's competitive. And so part of the reason structurally is because of the location of the hospital and who they are committed to serve, 
the reimbursement rates aren't such that they're able to survive off of what they get off of Medi-Cal. So those are some of the structural issues. So these kind of one-time fixes are immediate, short-term to make sure we keep them afloat while we continue our advocacy efforts on some of those structural fixes. Yeah. So, I mean, so you don't let the whole thing fall apart while you're trying to figure out how to shore it up in a long term on a long term basis. I mean, that which is completely in alignment with the big picture of healthcare in this country. Right. If we don't get to Medicare for all, uh, we have these built in inequities um, that that make, as you say, some communities end up being um, healthcare deserts. You know, the, the, I, I caught on, on the news last night um, the um, U.S. Senate uh, uh, candidates debating, right, yes. in Los Angeles last night. And there was lots of conversation about health care for all and Medicare for all. And even if we could get the Medi-Cal reimbursement rate up to the Medicare in reimbursement rate, we would be doing much better than we are today. Mm. So there's lots of things like that that... Uh, we're working on Dr. Elaine Batchelor, the amazing CEO, the committed CEO of Martin Luther King Community Hospital, is a wonderful advocate. I think she'll be in our hearing room today talking about the good news that's happening at Martin Luther King Community Hospital. And, and she's spreading that news, you know, really all over the country, but particularly at our state, making sure our governor knows and the federal government know, knows. Uh, Secretary, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, toward the hospital about three months ago. Our junior senator from the state of California, Senator LaFonza Butler, toured with me two days after Christmas. So we are doing our work to make sure our federal partners uh, know about the hospital. They see it. They feel it. That they literally walk through this emergency room. Um, Walking through that emergency room is really something else. To see the way they are creatively triaging treating patients with dignity, and yet they are treating four times the number of patients that that the hospital, the emergency room, was physically designed to treat. They've got tents in the parking lot. They are doing it all. And, Dominique, during COVID, they were one of our top performers. They're a brand-new hospital. They had the wonderful infrastructure in their hospital. But, like, they literally turned the gift shop and other public spaces you know, the chapel in the hospital into rooms so they could serve the patients who needed them. Wow. They stepped up in a powerful and meaningful way, and we have to step up to that hospital. Yeah, we can have nice things, and we need to uh, protect yes, them we when, we, when we get them. <laughs> we need to protect and, and Dominique, them. Yeah. in this instance, we do have a nice That's thing, right. and we're going to keep it that way. That's right. Um, you know, I, I, I want to uh, talk to you, you know, uh, when we come forward, I want to talk to you about what's next for you. I want to talk to you about uh, climate justice. You were at our launch, and I know, but I know this is not your launch. You've been working on climate justice for a long time and why it's important. Uh, we'll look at all that when we come forward with L.A. County Supervisor for the 2nd District, Holly J. Mitchell, exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. The conversation continues right now now, with Dominique DePrima on First Things First. And we're talking with uh, my supervisor, actually. She is over the 2nd District of um, L.A. County. 
and she is Holly J. Mitchell. Uh, the board meeting is today at 9.30 in the morning, so I appreciate your spending time with us when you're about to go introduce an important motion. Um, and if you go to the Board of Supervisors website, bos.lacounty.gov slash board dash meeting, uh, or just go there and, and look for the board meeting and click on it, it'll show you how to call in, um, how to listen by phone, and you can also go to the actual Board of Supervisors meeting in person. Uh, a lot of folks are calling um, for us to go out there, Supervisor Mitchell, and support your motion today to save uh, Martin Luther King Community Hospital. Uh, does it make a difference when we show up, when we call, when we um, write? Oh, Dominique, it absolutely makes a difference. It is so important um, that all of us, are engaged directly in our democracy, that you see democracy at work. Um, I invite people all the time to come out to the Board of Supervisors, um, to be, um, you know, in the audience, to, to really watch us and understand us. And I understand it can be confusing sometimes. And, you know, frankly, it's going to be a very long board meeting. This is agenda item 10, I believe, if I remember correctly. You know, so we go in order. Um, people are allowed to provide public comment right after the agenda item. You don't have to wait to the end of the board meeting. That's for general public comment. So I know sometimes it's hard for people to try to find parking downtown, you know, take off work. So calling in is equally as important. But I think we have a responsibility to show up um, to make sure that all of our elected representatives understand what we expect of them and what we demand in our community. So it, it does make a difference without question. And that's uh, the Kenneth Hahn Hall of Administration, 500 West Temple Street, Suite 383 in downtown Los Angeles. But go to the um, bos.lacounty.gov. You can get all the info, how to call in, how to um, how to show up, and, and how to comment and all that good stuff. I want to thank you, Supervisor Holly Mitchell, for being um, part of and, and really a, an important part of launching this um, this 12-month initiative to really focus our community on the climate crisis, uh, to educate us, to activate us around this super important issue. This is not new for you, but certainly you've been a big part of launching this effort, unprecedented effort here at KBLA. So thank you for that. And then talk to me about, you know, why this has been sort of one of your key um, platform elements for as long as I've known you to be an elected official. You know, and I was so proud to be a part of the launch. You know, the whole, you know, tagline, climate is king, and, and launching it right there at the Martin Luther King statue in our very own Kenny Hahn Park in our own community was so powerful, and I was glad to be a part. You know, as we've talked about health and health access, you know, environmental justice, climate justice disproportionately impacts our community um, as well, which is why it's been an area that I have fought for. As a member of the Board of Supervisors, I also serve on an, a regulatory body called the South Coast Air Quality Management District. And it's a regulatory entity that really tries to control and limit, um, you know, particulate matter that's in our air, um, acknowledging that communities that live adjacent to high polluters like freeways and the ports um, and railways um, have to be protected, quite frankly, from the pollutants that industry you know, creates. Um, and so we have to really create a sense of checks and balances and not just let them, you know, run amok uh, in terms of polluting our air quality. So for me, serving on AQMD, 
fighting for um, environmental justice and climate justice is an integral part of what I'm supposed to do as a policymaker, but also elevating these issues um, as they relate to communities of color and disadvantaged communities. Yeah, and I mean, you were also, you, you've also spearheaded reigning in these oil wells, which dot our parks and communities in a way that you don't see in too many places. I was very proud early in my career in the state legislature to introduce a couple bills that failed. Sometimes you have to stumble before you can walk to really try to eliminate something called hydraulic fracturing, fracturing in our community and to limit the number of oil wells that we have to live close to. And so once I got to the Board of Supervisors, we carried a motion to eliminate oil drilling as we know it in L.A. County. Um, it won't happen overnight. It's a process. We've got to make sure that people who work in that, in, in that industry have an opportunity to transition into other kinds of jobs. But we're getting there, and I'm very proud of that work. You know, I also serve on the Metro Board, and so it's also about personal responsibility. So I cracked everybody up, Dominique, when I chose to ride my bike in the MLK parade uh, on the holiday, <laughs> because the point was, and I said, you know, climate is king. And if we all get out of our cars one day a week and, you know, take Metro, go Metro, walk or ride our bike, we also have a level of personal responsibility to improving air quality. So I'm trying to cover mm. it on all bases from the policymaking end, including changing my own personal behavior. Love that. Um, yeah. And, and if you're going to the west side, it, it's really a lot faster to take Metro. Um, have you endorsed in that Senate race? You brought it up. Uh, uh, Congresswoman Lee will be joining us in the final hour of the show today. And, of course, we saw the debate last night. Have you endorsed? I have not endorsed. Um, I, I, as I told Congresswoman Lee, I'm really proud that on behalf of the black community, she stepped up to talk about that there are no black women in the U.S. Senate. And I've been a part of Higher Heights and a number of organizations across the country that are encouraging and supporting black women to run. I have not uh, endorsed in that rate as the net race as of yet. Are there, is there anything you're tracking this this uh, election, which is like really looming and basically right in our face, uh, that we should be tracking that you want us to pay atten particular attention to, aside from your own reelection, <laughs> which uh, you know. You know, I'm so I'm so glad you asked. You know, uh, when I talk to like even my own son, 23, and I say like this is the most important race of your lifetime, and he says, "You realize you said that the last three election cycles," <laughs> and I said, "I know. I, I, I hear myself." However. When you looked at that debate last night and you saw the amazing, from my perspective, Democratic candidates we have to choose from, when you look at this national presidential, um, and, and when you look at what's happening in this country, going back to January 6th, a couple years ago now in the U.S. House of Representatives, um, our democracy absolutely is at risk. Yeah. And so it's important for people to be aware. You know, sometimes people forget for presidential election years, our primary is in March. And so our primary is like, you know, less than two months away. So now is the time for people to pay attention. There will be a proposition on the ballot, Proposition 1, that Governor Gavin Newsom is advocating for, that I have endorsed and fully support, that helps us raise additional resources to help those uh, members of our community who are suffering from mental illness, as well as additional resources to build appropriate housing. So Proposition 1 is important. I hope people will vote up and down the ballot. Yes, I'm up for re-election. It's hard to believe it's already almost been four years. It's really and hard to believe. Hard. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I yeah. know it. I know it. I know it. But, 
you know, we get four-year terms, and the systemic issues that I am fighting to correct, from systemic racism to health disparities to building affordable housing for our community, those aren't kinds of changes you can make in just four years. So I'm hoping the voters were will see the work I've done the last four years and give me another opportunity to continue the good work we've started on behalf of the two million people that call the second district home. Wow, that's like a whole state uh, in some states. Um, is, is there, you know, if we want to volunteer or maybe contribute or do more than just vote for you, uh, you got a website you can share with us? We do, hollyjmitchell.com, um, hollyjmitchell.com. And we're actually doing our campaign kickoff this Saturday, the 27th, right in our community at Jim Gilliam Park at noon. Mayor Bass will be there to help kick me off. Our very own Congresswoman, Sydney Kamlager-Dove, and a number of labor unions and civic organizations and Democratic clubs and just good old-fashioned neighbors and people who want to help the second district continue to be uh, the amazing asset we know it is, like we talked about the hospital, yes. and want to um, help me fight for it every day. So again, this Saturday, 12 noon at Jim Gilliam Park. And uh, I love that you're kicking it off in G- Jim Gilliam Park. You've got a huge district. You could have found a swanky spot. Uh, not that Jim Gilliam isn't swanky. <laughs> I worked there for two summers, but it's definitely not, you know, doesn't get the love that it could. So I, I, I think that's so excellent that you're launching your campaign in Jim Gilliam Park Saturday at noon. Everyone's invited? Yes, absolutely. Come on out. We all can get yard signs. We'll be um, signing people up for volunteering. And people can come out and actually fill out postcards that you can send to your own neighbors about why you are choosing to support Holly Mitchell's re-election. Oh, I love that. Nobody gets, like, real letters anymore, so that'll be fun. It's better than a campaign mailer, for sure. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, Holly, Jay Mitchell, good luck to you. I know you don't need it. Uh, you have a lot of love in the community, but I know we never take anything for granted. Absolutely. And, and Dominique, thank you to you and Tavis and the entire family at KBLA for keeping us in the know on important issues and events going on in our very own community. I appreciate you. HollyJMitchell.com. You know that we greatly appreciate you as well. So you can go to the kickoff on Saturday. You can go to the Board of Supervisors meeting today or just dial in. Supervisor uh, Holly Mitchell, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Dominique. Yeah, we got a lot going on. And in fact, those mail-in ballots will hit our mailboxes the first week of February. So... Let's start paying attention. Uh, we'll be talking with a, a candidate uh, for assembly. Shade Alawari joins us next on KBLA Talk 1580.